Hi, this is Pastor Anna Sorensen at French Creek Lutheran Church in Ettrick, Wisconsin. Thank you for joining together in worship, even as we can't join together in person. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Happy Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit. Our scriptures contain two stories of the arrival of the Holy Spirit to the church. The first comes from the book of Acts of the Apostles. It is dramatic. Acts includes fire, wind, auditory miracles, and the gospel proclaimed to a diverse crowd that represents all the known world. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes 50 days after Jesus was raised from the dead, and the Spirit dramatically and insistently empowers the church and sends the church into the world to proclaim the gospel to everyone. The other story of the giving of the Holy Spirit to the church is found in the Gospel of John. In John, the giving of the Holy Spirit takes place on Easter evening quietly, gently. In John, we find the disciples in a locked room, afraid of the religious authorities who had their teacher executed. And Jesus appears to them, bringing peace, sending them out and gifting them with the Holy Spirit. For all the contrasts of John to Acts, John's portrayal of the gift of the the spirit to the church is no less world-changing. The Holy Spirit first sent me to proclaim the gospel when I was 17 years old. It was a gentle nudge from a beloved mentor who saw my calling long before I did. I wasn't pleased. I started preaching at 19 going from the student who threw up before high school speech class to a lay preacher in just two years. I graduated from seminary when I was 25. I started pastoring when I was 30. And at age 40, I started preaching to a microphone and a video camera online. And I believe that the Holy Spirit was instrumental every step along the way. I have often said that in my lifetime, we would see the church transition to life outside our buildings. 
a buildingless church. I thought that financial realities and aging congregations would eventually push us out into the world. I thought that we would eventually choose to eschew the financial burdens of buildings and to have congregations that shared spaces with one another or even went without spaces of their own. I had no idea we would be pushed out by an invisible enemy, by a virus. And yet, church, here we are, suddenly sent out of our comfortable surroundings and sent into the world. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is with us in our sending. When the risen Christ appeared to the disciples on Easter evening, he gave them three things. He gave them peace. He gave them a mission. And he gave them the Holy Spirit. First, as Jesus stood among them, he spoke, Peace be with you. These disciples had already heard of the resurrection from the women who were at the tomb. The gospel had already been proclaimed to them, yet they were afraid. In John chapter 14, when Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit, he said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. The peace of Christ is not the same as worldly peace. The peace of Christ actually disturbs the ways of the world. The peace that Jesus brought ended with execution. Jesus' peace is the kind of peace that seeks out the lost and restores the outcast. It's the kind of peace that makes the first last and the last first. It is the kind of peace that makes lions and lambs into neighbors. It is the kind of peace that lifts up the lowly and brings down the haughty. Peace be with you. Jesus shows the disciples the wounds of his execution, and he says again, peace be with you. This is peace in the midst of woundedness. This is peace, but it is not an easy Peace. Second, Jesus gives the disciples a mission. He sends the church. As the Father has sent me, so I send you, he says to them. The Father sent the Son. The Son sent the church. This is a commissioning of believers. Jesus commissions us to be sent into the world to continue the work of Christ. We are commissioned to forgive and to retain sins. This is not actually to declare actions moral or immoral, nor to pronounce judgment upon behavior. See, sin in the Gospel of John is not about behaving correctly or incorrectly, but about seeing or failing to see the revelation of God through Jesus. To be in sin, according to John's gospel, is to be blind to the action of Christ in the world. And to forgive sin is to make clear the work of God in Christ. And to allow one's actions or inactions to speak for themselves. 
against the backdrop of the clear call of the gospel to forgiveness and reconciliation. Peace be with you, but not an easy peace indeed. And finally, Jesus gives the disciples the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Father sent the Son, and the Son sent the church and empowered us with the Holy Spirit. In Genesis chapter 1, God stooped to the earth and breathed into a lump of clay, giving the gift of life. And in John 20, Jesus comes to earth and breathes into a group of fishermen and followers, giving the church the gift of new life. We breathe in the gift of the Spirit, we breathe out the proclamation of the gospel in the world. Forgiveness, reconciliation, the love of God which will not let go of the world. The peace of Christ and the mission of the church, the proclamation of the gospel are not possible without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Quite simply, we cannot do this on our own. But God has chosen to use broken people and sinful communities and flawed churches to be the vehicle with which the world is transformed and redeemed. Now we find ourselves outside the doors of our churches. Communities of faith, like French Creek and Living Hope and many others, choosing to forgo our comfortable rituals and our habitual spaces in order to do our part not to risk spreading the virus. It's anxiety-inducing. It certainly is for pastors and council leaders. We wonder if, when, we will be back. Will the church recover from the economic devastation of not passing an offering lately, weekly? We wonder if you will come back when we reopen the doors. We find ourselves outside of the doors of our churches. Do you believe that the Spirit can work in the midst of pandemic? I do. Churches, disciples, we have been sent into the world. We were not expecting it. It came upon us suddenly without more than about a week of preparation. At the time, I didn't see that good could come of it. I cried as I announced the closing of the building. I've cried a lot since then, too. I now see that the Spirit did not leave us. I now see that God works in the midst of our fear and sorrow. Peace. Peace be with you, Christ says. Not peace that the world looks for, but a deeper peace. Peace that is found in the everlasting presence and in power. Peace that comes when we bear witness to the goodness and the forgiveness of God. Peace that comes when we bear witness to God who is at work remaking the world. I see that the Spirit is using our time in exile from our buildings to teach us to take more time to care for one another and to expand our idea of church. The morning prayer services from French Creek and the evening prayer services from Living Hope are connecting with people who haven't been inside a church building in years, who 
probably decades even, and with people around the world. More people are worshiping now each week than ever did when we gathered in person. And the church has been pushed to learn a new way of bearing witness to the gospel. Everything changed in one weekend. The Lord died, was raised, and the disciples were given the Spirit and sent into the world. Everything changed in one weekend. We were no longer gathered, but scattered. Everything changed, but the gospel is the same. Our mission looks different, but Christ is the same. The love of God is constant. The forgiveness of Christ steadfast and the gift of the Holy Spirit always pushing us and stretching us for the sake of the world. Hello, podcast listeners. I have a few quick announcements for you today. The first is that newsletter information and giving statements through the end of April will be going into the mail on Monday. So please watch for those. They're going to be coming to you in envelopes. The second announcement is that with our joint video worship venture. We are in need of lectors to read the scriptures. Uh, All you need to do is get out a video camera or your phone and take a video of yourself reading the appointed scripture for the day. Please contact me if you are willing to do that. Third announcement is an invitation to please consider financial contributions to French Creek to our camp ministry partners at Sugar Creek Bible Camp and Luther Park, and to our area food pantries at the GET Area Food Pantry and the Blair Food Pantry. Um, All these ministries are, of course, in need, as we always are, but um, at this time with economic downturn and people not being in the buildings, it is more challenging for us to receive funds. So if you are able, please consider donating to one or more of these important ministries. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.